Wild Feather Podcast. I'm Brooke Dunwell, serial entrepreneur, sponge for life, and lover of people. Join me as we uncover the stories of courageous female entrepreneurs, founders, and investors pushing beyond limitless boundaries. Let's explore their creative journeys and pursuits to greatness. I am talking with Priscilla Shelp today, who is the founder of Networks with a double X. Networks is an AI-based platform that matches individuals with exclusive management, business, or private member, or it could be service or sports clubs around the world. She has been involved in elite clubs since she was 19 when she was awarded the honor of joining one of the best management clubs in Germany. Priscilla is also a researcher and a well-known moderator connecting politics, science, diplomacy, and business. She is really bright. She's really smart really intelligent, and she is a super connector, or I would think she's a super connector. She is fantastic. So can't wait to speak with her, and let's hear what she has to say. Thank you, Priscilla, for joining us today. We're very excited to have you as our guest, and I can't wait to hear, or for, I guess I can't wait for you to share your story and tell us all the fun stuff you're up to. You have a very impressive background. So welcome. Thank you a lot, Brooke. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah. Yay. So now you're the founder of Networks, but you also, um, you started, I guess, at a very young age in getting success and in, in getting into junior management and getting rewards and all kinds of stuff. So give us a little bit of backstory before you jump into the networks journey. Yeah, sure. Um, so, so the thing is, like, I was n- never the, the person that always had the best grades. I uh-huh. think I always was the one that had an overall well-rounded profile. <laughs> so that's also <laughs> like the way I got uh, scholarships or awards and that's why I, I encourage people that are good um, to apply because most people think, oh, I'm not the one that have uh, that has the best grades. But like, you know, people like people. And if they feel you are genuine, you're not just thinking about yourself and you're doing voluntary work, you're thinking how you can help others, it's being rewarded. And um, so I did a lot of different things because... Um, if you're like that, opportunities come to you, and that's quite beautiful. So I did voluntary work. I did public speaking. So I'm also moderator and keynote speaker. Um, I did a career in consulting and and then um, uh, management, um, doctorate. Um, so I'm I'm nearly finished. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm also um, a founder. I'm in a board of a foundation. So I think every one of us has multiple um, talents and and passions and interests and that are all little sides of you. So it's good to explore. So there is not just one career and one you, but there are a lot of like a puzzle, little pieces and, you know. Right. Like a a piece of mosaic art, right? And you're putting (laughs) together your masterpiece. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how did you become a founder? How did you come up with the idea of networks and tell us 
what it's all about. Sure. So, so I, I did not see myself for a founder for a long, long time in my life. So I am by nature risk averse. So actually the focus I had in consulting was risk in crisis management. And I think <laughs> <laughs> and then like as a founder, you have to take a lot of risk. So I, right. um, you know, I, I, me in that. That's yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. And I thought I want to take the, the safe path and, you know, become a partner in like some, you know, one of the top consulting firms. And then I realized that the safety you have in these firms is not real. That's the first eye-opening part I had because, like, if you look at people that I employed that work for companies for, like, 20, 30 years or as a partner at a certain age, you you have to go, right? And um, that's one part. And also then I saw that I had this picture in my head that I wanted to have financial freedom and enjoying my work and learn, you know? And I thought as a partner, um, you earn enough money that you can, you can fulfill the standard dream of like having a house, a nice house, maybe a partner, family, and so on. And then I noticed when I grew up in my career and I, I progressed um, what the life was of the partners, how much they worked, how their family life looked like, how 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 little different what they were able to afford was from what I was, you know, having. And I thought it's 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 not worth it. It's an illusion. I looked at the property prices. I looked at like I have a lot of friends in my age, couples really earning a lot of money, uh, people that are in boards. And the, the point where some of them achieved financial freedom was when they got fired from a board and had a compensation. And nowadays, a lot of firms even try to get around that and will not pay you compensation, but try to find dirt or something. And I thought, okay, it's like, that's no safety. That's no, that's, that's a hamster wheel. And it's getting like, you know, where, and I thought all those people in suits were running around in big cities. Like I, I respected them in the past. Now I feel pity. And I thought like the only ways to achieve financial freedom is either like investing or being a founder or an ideal, you do both. And that's where I like kind of lost the fear. And um, yeah. Hmm. Okay. So then you started. So then you're like, I'm going to take the leap and I'm going to do it. So what does networks do? Um, well, it was not exactly like that. And I want to give one, <laughs> I, I want to give, <laughs> I want to give one advice to all the people that hear that. So I thought, I, I thought, okay, I want to be a founder and I was waiting for the idea. Uh, I got the idea, but it's bullshit because like um, I would have started as a founder much earlier if I would have realized that there are so many great ideas and so many great founders out there. And actually what is much more difficult is to find good co-founders compared to finding uh, someone that wants you as a co-founder. So if you want to join a startup, you can pick and choose. Like you will find something amazing. So you don't have to wait for the amazing idea. You can, you know, look around, go on. One good opportunity is, for example, there's a Y Combinator co-founder matching. So actually I found my co-founders there. Um, and, you know, amazing people, amazing ideas. So I waited actually for this idea and it took some time until I got it. 
Um, and how it happened is like I won my first management award with 19 and got into one of the best management clubs in Germany. And at that time I was like 19 and I think the minimum age at that time in the club was 40. Most of them were men. And I, I moved so around. How did you get in? That's amazing. <laughs> I, I won the award. So I have lifelong visiting right in this club ah, because okay. of that. And what does this um, club do? Um, so, you know, the, all the big, so, so Germany is famous for having really big family businesses, mm -hmm. like, um, you know, shipping companies or, um, yeah, book companies or like manufacturing and all the owner families are sitting in this club and people talk, make business, have okay. nice events. Yeah. Okay. Got it. All right. So you got in at the age of 19 yeah. and everyone else was 40 and they were mostly men. So how did that go? Mm, it took, <laughs> it, it, so at that point of time, it took like a, a while until people really started talking to me because, you know, I just didn't fit in. And the worst thing was that I even myself thought I didn't fit in at that time. And people feel it. People, people like everything you think yeah it's it's perceived in some way right and um it took me some time to develop like the uh, self-confidence to just go out there and approach people and that's another advice i can give is like the, the the problem i had at the time that i thought i don't have anything to give because all these people they have money they are successful they are experienced I didn't even really w had a job before, you know, like I was like studying. Um, and well, what I realized is that we are always like, it's always about people. And if you can give someone that the person has a good time, the person can be him or herself and um, have a good laugh then you're already giving a lot and you can do that at every age with every education and with every, it doesn't matter how you look, where you're from. And it makes it much easier to go like literally talk to everyone because you know, you have something to give, you have something mm -hmm. to offer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. That's awesome. So then how did you morph into, so you started at, you belonged to this group, you were awarded into this group at the age of 19, and then you morphed into your career. And when did you, what year did you start Networks? Mm, I just started last year. So last year. Um, yeah, what happened is I moved around a lot because of my work and mm -hmm. I joined other clubs. Okay. Uh, like different, like I'm now, I think currently in like 15 different clubs. Oh, wow. And <laughs> I, I love That's it. Cool. <laughs> and, yeah. We call that social butterfly. <laughs> yeah, not sure. I was really introvert when I was young. I had to learn that, but um, now I enjoy it. And I, I noticed like that um, clubs were more and more complaining about having too little young people um, over the years, like, at the beginning, when I joined, it was not a big thing, so I noticed it. But like, if if you, I look a lot of clubs. It's like uh, white 
older men, not that many women, not that much diversity, uh, very little young people. And in the last years, clubs were realizing it. And then I, I, I was like really... Um, I've, I've, I found it like a missed opportunity for young people. So I started asking around and it's like, hey, do you know this club? And it's like, what clubs are you like? Most people, if I talk about networks, it's like, what clubs are you talking about? And that's the thing where it starts. There's no transparency at all, like what clubs there are, which clubs stand for what, and um, what the clubs are looking for. And obviously, like a lot of people and young people that... Um, probably would love it there. It would give them a lot of, you know, meeting interesting people, finding opportunities, getting funding, whatever. They are scared because they think they are not good enough. They are, you know, um, they don't belong uh, there. And so there's a mismatch. So there's interest from people in joining clubs. If you talk with them about it, they are like, oh, that's really cool. I didn't know about that. And then mm -hmm. on the other hand, the clubs want young people as well. And then I thought I had this like, click in my head where I thought, you know, I can solve that. And I created networks and last year, and it's an AI based platform where I match like young people with like established clubs and I do pre-selection and matching via artificial intelligence. So I ensure that people get into the clubs that, yeah, are a good fit. And the other way around that the clubs get the people that, yeah, are good for them. And um, it makes me really happy and I'm still excited about it. <laughs> so. Yay, that's awesome. Well, that's all that matters is that it makes you really happy and you love what you do, right? Yeah. So how do you build revenue then? Well, so I build rev. So I, I try to make it easy for the... So I'm, I'm um, now in the phase that, um, where the prototype is nearly ready and I have traction. So I have pilot clubs and I test. Mm -hmm. And obviously for them, I, I don't charge them, but generally I want to make it easy for the clubs in the way that they can join me. And I just get money when they actually generate members. So they find people through mm -hmm. me and mm -hmm. then I, I don't want to impact their cash flow. So I take off a percentage when they get the membership fee. Mm -hmm. That's how I earn money. Um, gotcha. Interesting. So now how far spread are you going? Is this just in Germany, Europe? Are you in the States? Like how far does this group scenario reach? Uh, my, I, I want to basically uh, do it everywhere. <laughs> All over the world? Okay. Yes, exactly. And um, I mean, in the end, a lot of clubs are also interested in collaborating with other clubs. So my middle-term vision is helping the clubs do that, you know. Um, I mean, especially if you look, for example, at online events, like if one club does a really amazing event and has like a super crazy speaker like Barack Obama or something, you could do it that, you know, people from other clubs can join or, you uh, know, yeah. you create exactly. events together and, um, yeah. Yeah. So are there defining... Uh Restriction or criteria that a club has to be in order to be on the platform? Like, does it have to be a certain size? It, how established does it need to be? Is it a are they clubs that are across every? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, <laughs> uh, 
could be knitting to business, like across all categories or what does that look like? Mm, so I'm mostly um, like covering exclusive clubs um, in the way that, you know, I want to um, bring people in clubs where they find the networks to make their ideas come true. So I want to give innovators and change makers the network to create and positively impact the future, positively impact lives of other people. And um, yeah, so that's that's basically what I'm looking for mostly. And what you will see is like, um, okay, I'll give you an example. Okay. <laughs> I, have a, I have a friend of mine and she is like really high up in a bank and now she's looking to switch jobs. Uh -huh. And she was approaching different banks and at every bank they said, oh, you know, you have such a nice profile, but you know, like the CEO recommended to someone. So yeah, sorry, maybe next time. Uh -huh. And so a lot of like, you know, there's a lot of business is not actually happening in the businesses, but it happens somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And that somewhere else often are clubs. Mm. Got yeah. it. Okay. I get it now. Uh, groups, networks, associations, clubs, right? Like, yeah. Uh, yep. Okay. I give you examples like service clubs. You have like Rotary Alliance, you have business clubs, yep. private member, you have arts and cultural, yacht, aviation, golf, driving clubs. Like, there are like many, many different uh, uh, kinds. And um, yeah. Okay. Uh, that totally makes sense. I get it. Uh, that's super cool. Okay. And you. you're in beta. You're testing it right now. Um, and when do you think your beta will be up? Um, my, my, my test version? Yes. Um, so two weeks from now, we are slightly oh, delayed. You're, yeah. Well, that's close, though. That's yeah, yeah. Long. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. Yes, now, are exactly. You, are you... Okay, so talk to me about developers. Like, are you developing it yourself or do you have developers helping you? Because from a founder, I think this is really interesting for those who are non-technical founders, right? Yeah. And how do you go about building something of that nature? So I'm a non-technical founder and that was actually a big problem <laughs> for me because yeah. you have a, a lot of, as a founder, especially non-technical, you have a lot of chicken and egg problems in the way that um, at the beginning it was myself. Then I found another non-technical founder and there was still no one for the technology. <laughs> and uh, actually, I, as I said, I found, and like everyone told me, you know, you, you need to find a founder or you need to find the money to basically pay someone to build it. But to be honest, that's also just a temporary solution because investors, if you want to have investment, investors don't like if you have it externally developed. Um, and also, I mean, there's someone that needs to take care of it and adjust it and so on. So it does not really help you that much if you get, I mean, it just helps you to get a prototype to get investment so that then you can have people working on it. Um, but um, usually the investors, yeah, usually the investors want to have a prototype and they want to have uh, like the founder team more or less complete. And um, so the thing is like you need the MVP to get investment, but you need money to build the MVP. So it's, yeah, so I, I was lucky. Um, I, I um, 
found a technical co-founder. And so one thing I can recommend, I think that I, I like I, I was lucky or I was, yeah, I, I was, it was good that I did it. So when I didn't have any co-founder, what I did is I looked for the best people I know in different areas and I built an advisory board even before I had any co-founder, before I had an MVP, before before any, like, I just had a pitch deck. And actually by having, like, really amazing people that look good on paper, are kind people, and also know what they, they are doing in the area, it actually, I think, saved my ass because it helped me to um, convince my co-founders to join me because I thought okay, it's a great idea. And obviously there are other people and they are really great and they believe in her. And mm -hmm. that's, I think, how it somehow worked out for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I would say that's probably a big challenge for a lot of people. I know it was for myself, so I can relate to that because I was a non-technical founder. How did and, you do it? Well, we, out, we tried multiple times. Developing was ultimately kind of what took us down, but, um, we ended up outsourcing it, but then when we went to go get funding, um, they liked what we were doing, et cetera, but they wanted us to hire a CTO. Like we needed a full-time person. Right. But, uh, yeah, it was already late in the game at that point. So, not late in the game as far as the life of the company, but, um, yeah, it was, it, my story is a hot mess. I'm going to be sharing my story. I'm going to be sharing it like in increments on, um, episodes. So it will yeah. all unravel because there are lots of layers <laughs> to it, but okay. I guess I, I can just relate to that non-technical founder needing a technical founder and then going through that because it's, it's an interesting road and you can handle it many different ways, but it mm. sounds like yours worked out, which is fantastic. And that's a great well, <laughs> idea that you went through. Yeah. I mean, what that's, that's by the way, one learning. So what I did, I, I could have done better and I'm still sometimes think, Oh man, it's like you learned this lesson so many times and you didn't think about it is that you cannot start gathering knowledge about it, learning about something or, um, or building a network when you need it, it's too late. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it might work, but for example, um, what I have should, uh, like what I, I should have done earlier is when I kind of knew that I probably want to become a founder, I should have mingled with much more founders and investors. So I started with that just when I had my idea. Mm -hmm. And so everyone that even just considers founding a company should mingle and start building up a network with like startups and investors. Uh, once you get a lot of great ideas and um, I think it, it, it really, you get really inspired by seeing all the great stories and ideas and possibilities and you learn a lot, but also like then you have it when you need it. Um, mm -hmm. And same with looking for co-founders. I mean, it will help you to find co-founders if you have a network in the startup world when you know how things work. Um, also for getting investment, if you start reading about investment when you need investment. Um, 
Right. Yeah. Well, you just take a crash course, right? Like you just get thrown in, but sometimes you don't realize what you need until you're at that crossroads, right? So sometimes you can't learn about it ahead of time because you don't even know that you're going to be there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, mean, it happens to me still a lot. So I try to you know, avoid it. But yeah, that's, that's one thing definitely I, you know, I recommend. I think though, to your point, building your network and getting involved in the ecosystem, the startup ecosystem, I think really helps when you come to that point, like you can start building that network as you go along. Um, But when you come to that point where you're facing something that you didn't know, that's whenever reaching out and asking, I think, if you're going to be a good entrepreneur uh, and a good founder, you have to get really good at asking, who do you know? What do you know about this? Like just asking and reaching out to people because that yeah. is probably the most helpful. I think um, yeah. there are people that have gone through it or that know what they're doing. I mean, and uh, it never hurts to ask for help. That's my theory. But I think some people are app- apprehensive about doing that, but it will make or break you. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, that's also another thing. You need to look who you ask for feedback. And a lot of time, I'm not sure if you struggled with that as well. I get feedback all the time from everyone. And it oh, can yeah. also be a really bad thing. It can make you question yourself, question your idea, question your ability to implement the idea. And um, what I find, be be careful with advice from corporate people. I mean, that sounds mean now, but you need to, like, it's better to ask people for advice that kind of are there where you want to be instead of. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, if they're not. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, yeah, they're not in startup shoes. Right. And people will give you their opinion without you asking anyway. So <laughs> I agree with you, especially if you go through any type of accelerator or pre-accelerator or any group of that nature, you're going to get and you have you're presenting to audiences, shall we say, to practice and to get better. You're always going to get feedback and it's it's really hard to navigate through what changes, who to listen to, what to listen to. And you really have to like be solid and just know, take the good, know when it applies, when it doesn't, because you could send yourself into a major tizzy if you did it. You know what I mean? I I had phases like that with my pitch deck and it really drove me nuts because like people (laughs) told me that people like, I mean, it's anyways, it's a thing that I thought, Oh, I, I completed it. And I think that was the biggest, like, it's like, you're never done with your pitch deck. That's one realization I had. And also like people were telling me that way. And then people told me again, the other way. And then again, and uh. at some point, and, and you, in the end, you are the one that needs to make the decision. There's no one that comes to save you. You need to self yourself. You need to listen to your gut feel. And then, you know, and, and that's also one thing I learned because otherwise like you're pulled Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that whole pitch deck thing. I think we redid ours like literally a hundred times to the point where I didn't even know what was on it. Like, yeah. At the end of the day, you know your story, you tell your story, you know your stats. Right. But 
it becomes something that it's not. I don't know. The, the pitch deck thing is forever changing. You're exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> it's always changing. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. So what's next for you? You're going to do a launch and um, like, what's your vision? Like, where do you want to go? Um, my vision for this product is, uh, to get access to all the clubs and help them to become like a healthy, slightly younger, um, you know, version of it. Um, a lot of like the age problem is so bad that some clubs have like an average age of like 65 or something like that. And, um, like they will be dying if they don't do anything, you know? And so mm -hmm. I, I just want them. I mean, a lot of these clubs have like a long history. They have great members. They have great intentions. And um, I want to preserve the legacy, but bring it into the future kind mm -hmm. of. So, mm -hmm. and on, in the longer term, I, I also want to help the clubs, you know, to connect and work with each other and collaborate and co-create um, so it would be great. Yeah. That's awesome. So what do you want your legacy to be? It can be personal or work hmm. or company. My, my, the legacy will not be networks by itself. So my biggest joy in life and probably my biggest talent. So other people say is, um, I'm really good in listening to what people have, what people need, and I connect them. So it's not the classical networking that I connect to people because I want something, but I always connect with people and see how can I contribute um, to their dreams to like help them to make an impact. And basically networks helps me to make that skill scalable. Mm -hmm. that's, that's how it evolved. And if I am not there anymore someday, I want that I lifted people up, that I showed people that everything is possible, that, you know, like inspire, motivate, encourage. And because people will always remember how you made them feel. And mm -hmm. I think that's quite beautiful. Yeah, that's a Maya Angelou quote. Did you know that? No, um, but I'm probably it's possible that I read it somewhere. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so how can we help you? Um, <laughs> that's really nice. Thanks for asking. Of course. Um, I mean, I'm obviously happy to, to get test users. Um, okay. So people can sign up on the website as test users. And once um, Networks is active in, in the region, um, then obviously I'm, um, yeah. Are you launching region by region? Are you building it or are you going for the big gusto and doing everything all at once? Well, um, I have some geographic focus where I definitely start. And, um, so the, the pilot testing I do with like certain clubs that are obviously in a certain region, as that's why I'm saying, so if they are like, if people are not where the pilot clubs are, then they are kind of, they will be contacted a bit later. And the, the other thing is obviously I'm really interested in, um, yeah, getting more pilot clubs um, because obviously I want to scale as fast as possible. I want to help as many clubs as possible. 
so that's that's another thing um, I'm interested in and like that's for from from the network side I'm also looking for investors now mm -hmm. like we are doing fundraising um, you are doing fundraising okay and do yeah. you want are you wanting VC or angel uh, we are a bit on the border so um, it's either angels that you know are investing a bit more or VCs that are focused on like seed seed okay yeah and are you where are you at have you started pitching um yeah i mean there are people in my surroundings that are interested in investing or like most likely invest and also i'm talking with uh, investors here however i'm also considering the us because so in in germany there are two things that are not as good for startups so one is that people in Germany or like in Europe are quite risk averse. So they will be, the first question is like, why, 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 why could it fail? And in the U S the mindset of why could it work? Mm -hmm. So, um, and I, I'm more, I don't want to see all the bad stuff. So, I mean, I, I like risk consulting and crisis management. It's interesting, but honestly it's, I, I, I kind of find the more positive outlook uh, more inspiring and the other thing is that um, there are less investors in Europe um, and the valuations are much lower. Um, so that's the second thing. And the third thing is like US is one of my biggest markets. So then it makes sense to look for a strategic investor in the US. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm also actually I made this decision today that <laughs> um, I just, I had a call before, so I'm getting some introductions. So yes, I'm also looking for us investors. Um, I can, I can point you into some directions as well and uh, make some intros. There are quite a this few now nice. that are female founder investors. So uh, we actually had a guest on the podcast who invests is an investor. So I can make that intro and then oh, thank you. some other intros. Yeah, for sure. I'd be happy to. Uh, okay. Well, this is very exciting. You're going to have to keep us posted once you launch. Um, Cause we can spread the news and put it on um, our social too. If you need users. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, for me, it's a pleasure also, especially to, you know, support women to get into these clubs because I, I think one one thing I learned was like as a woman uh, as a woman a lot of times you think your your work speaks for yourself but mm -hmm. you also have to clap for yourself so um, and I think actually being in those clubs and being more visible and talking with people that make decisions um, is really helpful and I think um, helps women but yeah. also probably helps the clubs right. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So where can people find you? Like, where should they go if they wanted to sign up or check out, check it out? Or if there's a club that's listening, uh, where should they go? Um, so, so one thing is like, uh, obviously you can go to, to the website, uh, whereby I must say like the amount of information that's on there is limited for obvious reasons. Uh, if people want to contact me, the easiest is LinkedIn. So just write me a message 
and I I reply usually quite fast. And um, for me, I mean, it's like people cannot just reach out to me uh, for networks, but also if I can um, be of any help or advice uh, regarding networking or uh, startups or yeah, anything. It's like I received a lot of support in my life from really amazing people and I, I want to be that person for someone else. So. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Okay, cool. Well, we'll just include the company website uh, below as well as um, your LinkedIn profile. So they can just click on the link and um, connect with you that way if, if they have anything. But definitely sounds like you'd be a good resource if anybody's trying to learn more about the landscape of investors and whatnot in Europe and in Germany and how startups are there versus in the States. If somebody's breaking into that, that area, uh, you'd be a great person to answer any of those questions as well. Uh, but just, you have a wealth of knowledge and, um, information. And so I think, I think you're going to, you've already been probably, You've probably impacted many already, but I guarantee you there are a lot of people you're going to impact in the future. So thank you for being so helpful to everyone. Thanks. I mean, you are doing the same thing somehow. Like, I think you have a similar motivation. I mean, that's why you do the podcast, right? Right. Right. <laughs> right. We all do it in our own little ways, right? Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I so appreciate you coming on and taking time out of your busy day to spend with me and our audience and thanks for sharing your story and let us know if there's anything we can do keep us posted about the launch and the growth of your company and we will be here to support you thank you so much Brooke. it was it was really nice talking to you and thanks for having me yes it was a pleasure and have a wonderful day and you all right thank take you. care bye-bye thank you for listening to the wild feather be authentic, be limitless, and love yourself. Beep.